Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your host and conductor of the train, Anthony Smith. That's right. This train is building up ahead of steam each and every day that we are on. So what I want you to do is grab your ticket, get on board, enjoy the ride. This train is going to take you on a journey, turn some corners, and maybe pick up a few passengers along the way. So what do we have on tap for today's episode? Even I don't know that. So the best way to find out is tune in and enjoy the ride of the A-Train Sports Talk podcast with your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. And we're about ready to get this train on the track. So stay tuned. It's the A-Train Sports Talk podcast with your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. You're listening to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Sports Talk Podcast, January the 4th, first podcast of the new year, January the 4th, 2022, season number three, that's right, season number three, I didn't think I'd be around this, I thought I was just going to do this a few times, have fun, and be like, okay, but you know what? It's getting better and better and better. I might not have hundreds and thousands of followers, but I've had a blast this uh, Interviews, the interaction. It's been great. Yeah, I don't have the large, like I said, I do not have the large following, but that doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is that I'm having and doing what I'm doing and those who are listening to my podcast hopefully you're having just as much fun too so what am I going to talk about well we are in the middle of or getting ready to come out of the bowl season which there has been some games that have been very entertaining some games less to be desired however one thing I want to talk about and I have a lot to get to in a little time to do it how about this? The Celebration Bowl attendance outpaces many Power Five games. To which I say, I'm not surprised. To those of you who follow this stuff, you might be somewhat surprised by that. And my question to you would be, why are you surprised? Anyway, as bowl season comes to a close, the Celebration Bowl has held its own among bowl games including several that featured multiple Power 5 teams. The 48,653 fans that showed up in Mercedes-Benz Stadium to watch South Carolina State upset a heavily favored Jackson State team on December 18th was a record for the game in its sixth edition. That number was less than 1,000 behind the Fiesta Bowl, which featured Notre Dame and Oklahoma State. The Celebration Bowl didn't surpass any of the traditional big New Year's Day bowls, but it did beat several mid-tier games such as the Liberty Bowl, the Outback Bowl, the Duke's Mayo Bowl, 
and the Peach Bowl, which all featured multiple Power Five teams. The Liberty Bowl, held in Memphis, held 48,615 fans in attendance as the SEC's Mississippi State battled Texas Tech of the Big 12 on Tuesday, December 28. The ACC's And that can't be right because Penn State is from the Big Ten. So we'll just say this. The Big Ten, Penn State against the SEC's Arkansas, drew 46,577. Another ACC-SEC clash, South Carolina versus North Carolina in the Duke's Mayo Bowl, had 3,000 less fans than the Celebration Bowl, despite the game being played on the border of two states in a city with large alumni bases. So, here's the bowl attendance through January the 2nd with Texas, with the Texas Bowl between LSU and Kansas still to be played, which is tonight. The Rose Bowl, Utah versus Ohio State, 87,842. Cotton Bowl Classic, Alabama versus Cincy, 76,313. The Music City Bowl, Tennessee versus Purdue, 69,143. Orange Bowl, Georgia versus Michigan, 66,839. The Sugar Bowl, Baylor versus Ole Miss, 66,479. The Gasparilla Bowl, Florida versus UCF, 63,669. The Alamo Bowl, 59,121, which pitted Oklahoma versus Oregon. The Citrus Bowl, Iowa versus Kentucky, 50,769. The Fiesta Bowl, Oklahoma State versus Notre Dame, 49,550. Celebration Bowl, 48,653. The Liberty Bowl, Mississippi State versus Texas Tech, 48,615. The Birmingham Bowl, Houston versus Auburn, 47,100. And that's 100% capacity. The Outback Bowl, Penn State versus Arkansas, 46,577. The Mayo Bowl, UNC versus South Carolina, 42,520. The Peach Bowl at Mercedes-Benz, Pittsburgh versus Michigan State, 41,230. The Cheez-It Bowl, Clemson versus Iowa State, 39,051. The Armed Forces Bowl, Army versus Missouri. 34,888, and the Sun Bowl, Washington State versus Central Michigan, 34,540. In more news related to HBCU, former defensive back hired at Prairie View A&M. After a decade as an assistant and multiple stints as interim head coach, Prairie View A&M has named former NFL defensive back Bubba McDowell its next head coach. The news was first reported by the Swacking a Fool podcast and confirmed by HBCU Game Day. I'm proud to have Coach McDowell as our new head of the football program. PVAMU Athletic Director Donald Reed said in a statement, I chose Coach McDowell because of his vast and successful experience in collegiate and professional football. 
His leadership style and student-athlete-centered approach align with our goals to see our athletes excel in the classroom, on the field, and in the community. I'm impressed by Coach McDowell's commitment to PV, and I know he'll lead us to accomplish great things. McDowell has served as interim head coach since Eric Dooley left following the SWAC championship game to take over at Southern University. Preview won the SWAC West Division in fall of 2021, finishing 7-4 overall. Born in Georgia and raised in Florida, McDowell was a four-year letterman at the University of Miami, earned a national championship ring as a starter on the undefeated 1987 squad under former head coach Jimmy Johnson. McDowell was also recognized by ESPN for his play on the gridiron that season as his knockdown of a two-point attempt against longtime rival Florida State was featured as the 11th best play that defined college football. He graduated with a degree in business management in 1989. Bubba McDowell was drafted by the NFL's Houston Oilers in 1989 and immediately became a starter en route to earning first-team all-rookie accolades from Pro Football Weekly and Football News. After a solid rookie year, McDowell played a big part in the Oilers' success on the field as they posted five consecutive winning seasons and five AFC playoff berth from 1989 to 1993. In 1991, McDowell earned NFL All-Pro honors and was honored by the Oilers with the Ed Block Memorial Courage Award with which acknowledged his courage in the pursuit of professional excellence. During his final season with the Oilers in 1994, McDowell was selected as the Houston Oilers NFL Man of the Year for his work in the community. McDowell moved to the state of North Carolina prior to the 1995 season and helped usher in a new era as he played on the inaugural roster of the Carolina Panthers before retiring the next season. McDowell started his career at Texas Southern University from 2003 to 2006. In 2007, McDowell moved up to the NCAA Division I-A ranks and accepted the position of safeties coach under then-head coach Art Browse at the University of Houston. So there you have some news on Prairie View A&M naming their new coach, Bubba McDowell, with great credentials. So now we move on to what is known as the Black College Football Hall of Fame announces its 2022 class. The Black College Football Hall of Fame, BCFHOF, announced its 13th class today, the class of 2022. Seven inductees were selected from a list of 29 finalists who had been determined earlier by the BCF. HOF Selection Committee. The Black College Football Hall of Fame class of 2022 includes Ben Coates, tight end, Livingstone College, Donald Driver, wide receiver, Alcorn State University, John Big Train Moody, running back, Morris Brown College, 1939 to 1941, Roscoe Nance, contributor, Tuskegee University, Nate Newton, offensive lineman, Florida A&M University, William Billy Nix, coach, Morris Brown, College and Preview A&M University. And Sammy White, wide receiver, Grambling State University. 
On behalf of the Board of Trustees, congratulations to the class of 2022. The Black College Football Hall of Fame co-founder and 2011 inductee Doug Williams. These men should feel proud of this honor. They have been voted some of the best to ever play, coach, or contribute to football at a historically black college and university. Votes were tallied from the 10-member selection committee comprised of prominent journalists, commentators, and historians, as well as former NFL general managers and executives, and from members of the BCFHOF to determine the inductees. The class of 2022 will be inducted during the Black College Football Hall of Fame induction ceremony and Juneteenth celebration presented by the Atlanta Falcons on June 18, 2022. The ceremony takes place at the College Football Hall of Fame in Atlanta, Georgia. The class of 22 will make its first public appearance at the inaugural HBCU Legacy Bowl on February the 19th, 2022 in New Orleans, Louisiana. So congrats to those men who have been named to this Hall of Fame induction. That, that That's great news. This Now, this is how you start season three with the news. And you know what? It, it is just going to get better as we are going to look into some recruiting news, most likely. But what I'm going to do right now is I am going to take a break. When I come back, I will have more to come. So stay tuned. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Once again, Happy New Year. Glad you could join me. A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your host and conductor, Anthony Smith, want to let you know that this podcast is listener-supported. That's right. Driven by you, the listener. So if you want to advertise or sponsor a segment, simply reach out to me at 316-553-2010 or hit me up at a.trainsportstalk at gmail.com to get your ad or sponsorship ran on this podcast. Once again, a train sports talk podcast, your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. You're listening to the A Train Sports Talk Podcast. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Welcome back to my next segment. 
I'm still sticking with the HBCU theme. Can't help but to stick with it because there's some more news going on, some more rumblings going on. Maybe some more head scratching going on. But it started with Travis Hunter flipping the script on Florida State and saying, you know what? I'm going to go play for one of the best corners that ever played the game. I may as well get coached by the best. Now, let's get those drum rolls to rolling because the headlines read like this. Richard Young, number one ranked 2023 running back, planning to visit an HBCU soon. Like soon and very soon. So, Lehigh, Florida senior, 2023 five-star running back Richard Young is still piecing together his winter-spring travel plans, but it sounds like at least two schools will for sure get a visit from him at some point over the next few months. Young told 24-7 Sports last week that he plans to check out both Penn State and Florida A&M once the NCAA's recruiting calendar allows him to get out on the road. Penn State probably isn't all that surprising of a visit destination. State College, after all, served as a stopping point for Saquon Barkley before he made his way to the NFL, and the Nittany Lions just signed a five-star running back, Nicholas Singleton. Florida A&M, on the other hand, is a school that hasn't really been linked, that hasn't really been linked many blue-chip recruits in the past, but it appears that the Rattlers are looking to change that after going 9-3 and this season and making the FCS playoffs for the first time since 2001. People really don't know this, but me and head coach Willie Simmons have been building a relationship for a while now. I have been texting him back and forth and talking to him on the phone. I haven't really told anyone this before, but I'm definitely going to visit Florida A&M, Young explained. Young actually picked up an offer from Florida A&M this time last year, but he didn't realize that the Rattlers wanted him until just a few weeks ago when Simmons reminded him that he had a spot waiting for him at Florida A&M. It has been good lately, Young said, of his relationship with Simmons. Hopefully it stays like that. While the Rattlers certainly have their work cut out for them if they are going to eventually beat out Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, and Penn State for Young's signature, the time to strike is now. Just a few weeks ago with the college football world was turned upside down when five-star cornerback Travis Hunter spurned Florida State at the last minute for Jackson State. Young, like many other recruits, took notice of Hunter's actions. Definitely, Young said when asked if Hunter opened his eyes a bit to historically black colleges and universities. He is building his own legacy wherever he goes. I'm not going to even lie. I thought he was going to stay with FSU, but when he saw he could get coached by one of the best corners ever. He did it. That shocked me, and I told myself that I got to keep my options. I just want to look into Florida A&M and see what it's like. Young isn't sure when he'll meet with the Rattlers, but made it seem like that visit could happen in January or March. The same goes for the trip to see the Nittany Lions. I have been talking with Jawan Cedar for a while now. I have been supposed to visit there for a while now. 
but I haven't had time, Young noted. Clemson could also get Young on campus at some point down the line, even with the turnover on Dabo Sweeney's staff. Even though Tony Elliott left, I'm still in contact with Coach C.J. Spiller. He came to my game, and we have a good relationship, Young said. A flight out to Los Angeles to see the new U to see the new USC is possible as well. I don't really know much about Lincoln Riley, but I think he made the right choice, Young said. Young is currently the nation's number one ranked running back in the class of 2023 per the industry-generated 24-7 sports composite. As a junior, Young averaged nine yards per carry, totaling 1,755 yards and 19 touchdowns on the ground in 10 games for a Lightning squad that made the second round of the playoffs in the Sunshine State's second-highest classification. Now, in regards to that, guess whose name also just came up in the mix? I mentioned them earlier. Travis Hunter surprised everybody. If I could use the words that's very synonymous around here where I'm at, I'm in the 316 area code in the city of Wichita, Kansas. To those you who are listening from other remote places, we pinned the term shock the world because that's the name of our team, the Shockers. Well, Travis Hunter basically shocked the world and set the whole state of Florida upside down when he flipped the script and said, I'm going to Jackson State. Oh, I guess I just gave you the answer. That's right. Now, Jackson State is also on this young man's radar as well, too. So the question is, could we be seeing a trend, even if they don't get them all, could we be seeing a trend of five-star athletes, especially five-star athletes of color, looking into HBCU schools and possibly landing there? I have my theory about it. Some may agree with me. Some may not agree with me. The ESPN Analysts said, no, they don't see this being a trend. Let me tell you what I think about the ESPN analysts. It's not that they don't see it being a trend. They don't want it to be a trend. Because as these five-star athletes start looking at these HBCU schools, that helps build the HBCU brand, which puts a dent in the armor of the Power Five schools. Now, Alabama is going to still be Alabama. Georgia, most likely, was going to still be Georgia as long as they have a Kirby Smart. Clemson is still going to be Clemson. Those schools basically are brand names. Brand names pretty much sell their own selves. But if enough of these five-star athletes, and may I say black athletes, start looking at these historically black colleges and universities and land some here and there, Eventually, the HBCU brand starts building up to where you cannot ignore it. What happens next? Let me just go on record and tell you what happens next. These coaches will start getting poached. These Power 5 schools are, as we know them to be, the PWI, which is the predominantly white institutions. They're going to start raiding these schools for these coaches, trying to entice them. Well, let's just look at the. Funding. We know historically 
HBCU schools are not funded adequately as opposed to your predominantly white institutions, your power five schools, your million, billion dollar cash cow schools. The HBCU schools may not ever get funded on that same level unless there's something in the works going on that I don't know about. They may not ever get to that plateau. But if they keep plucking these five-star athletes, like I said, these coaches are going to, these power five schools are going to start poaching these coaches. Why? You would think that people like a little competition. But we know that is far, 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 far from the truth. How do we know that? Take, for instance, and I'm going to get back into this Power 5 versus PWI. I mean, it's PWI versus HBCU. I'm going to get back into that. But the reason I know people don't like competition, look in the NBA. In the NBA, back in the day, I can say back in the day. Competition was, wasn't no way in the hell you was going to get Jordan to go sign up to play with the New York Knicks. Or go to the Lakers and form a team. No, he wanted to beat whoever he could beat with what he had. So, do you see the HBCU being a threat to any of the Power 5 schools? Possibility. Especially now that you have name, image, and likeness. It's sad to say some of these schools are going to use name, image, and likeness to their advantage to lure some of these kids. And maybe once again, the PWI schools they have better resources as opposed to HBCU schools. But as the HBCU schools start to rise, can I use the slavery analogy? I'm pretty sure someone will hear this and will be offended by what I'm about to say. But the last time I checked, one, I'm not regulated by the FCC. Two, I stay in this country that's called America where one of my amendment rights is free speech. So I have the opportunity of free speech. So in slavery days, you have what was called a field Negro and you had a house Negro. And I can't help but to believe in order to make it from the field into the house, some kind of way you had to become the master's ace, boon, coon. So the PWI, or predominantly white institutes, those would constitute your slave masters. And right now they are scouring the Field looking into the HBCU schools and looking for that perfect field Negro so they can bring him in and make him the house Negro.
And let's say if you can pluck a Deion Sanders and bring him to your school. Now, all the attention that went to the Jackson State, the Florida A&M University, the Prairie View View A&M University, now all of a sudden, that attention is gone when you pluck a Deion Sanders and put him in a Florida State coaching outfit or a TCU coaching outfit or maybe a Clemson. My theory is this, and I will stick by this. I think Dion is content where he's at. I don't think Dion goes anywhere. I think he continues to sound and blow the whistle for HBCU schools. I think he stays at Jackson State University until he can't coach no more. I think he builds a legacy that will be parallel with that of the late Eddie Robinson. So I applaud these schools for what they're doing and improving their status, putting themselves out there to be not just heard about, but also be seen to where now you have to take notice. Power five, five star athletes are taking notice. Pretty soon the rest of the world will too. Anyway, Anthony Smith, a train sports talk podcast. I will be back. So stay tuned. The train is still building up ahead of steam. Yours truly, Anthony Smith, host and conductor, the A Train Sports Talk Podcast. A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your host and conductor, Anthony Smith, want to let you know that this podcast is listener-supported. That's right, driven by you, the listener. So if you want to advertise or sponsor a segment, simply reach out to me at 316-553-2010 or hit me up at a.trainsportstalk at gmail.com to get your ad or sponsorship rant on this podcast. Once again, a train sports talk podcast, your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. You're listening to the A Train Sports Talk Podcast. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. segment short and sweet first podcast of the new year 
yes, there are still some more changes on the horizon. You recall I debuted my Outside the Box for the last part, latter part of the year. And before I close out, just want to give you a little sneak peek of what's to come in the coming year. You will be hearing sounds like this right here. Coming up in the weeks to come, you will be hearing what's called Battle of the Bands. That's right. I will be debuting Battle of the Bands coming up within the next couple of weeks, where I will be playing a full piece from one band and from another. And my poll question will be is, which band do you think is the best band? That's right. Battle of the Bands. Oh, by the way, these bands will be bands that were out that are from historically black college university bands. That's right. I talk HBCU sports, so I may as well feature HBCU bands. Well, I hope you have enjoyed this first podcast of the new year. There will be more to come as season three is officially on track. Well. I've enjoyed it. I hope you have enjoyed listening to the content. This is yours truly. Anthony Smith, the host and conductor. Until the next time, take care of yourself. Be blessed.